So this evening I'd like to uh, share some reflections on the hindrances and I hope they may be of benefit. Um, So the Buddha said, the nature of mind is radiant and pure. It is obscured by visiting defilements. So you're probably familiar with that. This very encouraging, I find, a pointing, pointing us to the nature of mind, our mind, this mind, this mind, that which is arising right now has this nature. Mm. Radiant, pure. But it is obscured uh, by these visiting uh, energies, you know, forces, kilesas, hindrances. And what I I want to suggest or invite for you, if you want to kind of try this, is during the talk, like, see what it might be like if, if a sense of staying in touch with that mind or that, hmm, the mind that's clear, that's radiant. Right now, <laughs> through this talk. Yeah, or not, as you wish. That doesn't really make much sense to you. <laughs> While experience is going on, you know, you're hearing sounds, wind, my voice, you know, feelings and thoughts, sensations. Is the mind a radiant, knowing, empty, sky-like? ungraspable. I think, I don't know about you, but I can sometimes feel my life to be one ongoing hindrance attack. (laughs) With some nice breaks. (sighs) (sighs) Pause and something or it sort of ebbs and flows, you know, or it's like very strong, then it's very subtle. Or then one goes, and then another one comes. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny when you're in it, is it? <laughs> she can laugh. <laughs> no, it's very serious. <laughs> Big problem. Lots of suffering, right? And it's kind of interesting because I've been thinking about this this week and talking to some of you and going, well, there's some hindrances around. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Um, And so um, maybe, you know, this talk, it's really, I think, 
my main intention is just to encourage us really. It's like, hang in there. <laughs> and if they're in abeyance, wonderful, enjoy. <laughs> and, and something I find I continually have to come back to and maybe one of the things, you know, when you give a talk, it teaches you an awful lot. Some of you know, maybe it's, you know, when you have to present something, you're like, oh, yeah, hmm. <laughs> and it's like almost sometimes I feel like it's a whole beginning again. Yeah, what is a hindrance and how does that, you know, I've got five days to figure it out. <laughs> I have to say something. Um, but we all know, you know, we all know something about this, don't we? Probably we're here. And that, that to me is also really crucial that we actually have this developing wisdom and learning about the hindrances and that, that experience of being caught and, and, and how we do learn over time and we do um, develop resources and, and, and we do, you know, perhaps more able sometimes to, to have a wise perspective and sap it with wisdom and it just goes. <laughs> Whoopee. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, and something really comes at you and you're just like shocked at how caught up you are. And five minutes ago, it was, you were fine and you thought you were over that one, you know. You know, and so I, I, I think also looking in the teachings and the, it's really clear that in different ways that 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 these, you know, difficult difficulties in the mind, these, you know, difficult mind states and that they are, um, they're going to be with us for a while. <laughs> you know, that they're part of the, of the process until the full, the full awakening, that, that, that arahant. And so I think it's like this very, very, um, sort of like just remembering again and again that it's it's okay I mean it's not okay but it's it's not a mistake it's not something that shouldn't be happening and isn't that what we what tends to happen aversion you know anger and it's like so much of our very understandable human reaction is shouldn't be happening I don't want this you know because it's often unpleasant, not always in every part, but there's, so it's a very, to me, it's a quite a, that, that to me kind of makes, oh, you mean, that's, that really is part of our practice. Yes, it really, really is. <laughs> you know, I, I'm saying this as much to myself as to anyone else. It's, and that's something that I think we just have to keep remembering and being reminded and that actually when we can find that courage and that that mindfulness and that wisdom when those all those factors are there supporting us you know you probably know this that actually the the experience of hindrance of aversion of greed of all of the different ways that can manifest for us that actually our, our practice with that can be 
so important and so um, so much learning and so much the learning kind of learning we would rather not have. Thank you very much, but <laughs> so much learning and so much compassion and and other qualities of you know patience and persistence that are that are cultivated in that. And I think we we overlook that because we can be so focused on either just being in it or trying to get rid of it. So I wanted to, yeah, just offer a few reflections. And, and first of all, um, I wanted to just highlight some, and I thought about this, that the, the effects of uh, the, the hindrance quality, that, that these mind states, I think they, they can have different um, effects, they can feel differently in the mind and the body. So I want to point to some of the ways that maybe we can experience that, that sense of disturbance. Maybe uh, an, another maybe key intention behind this talk is the sense that we need to be able to um, recognize and know this in our actual experience, in our immediate experience, in how it really feels for you. Because there's all these variations and combinations and you need to know how it feels, where in the body and what kinds of thoughts. Like That if you, if you just slap a label on it or a subversion, did you get the, it's like you're not going to, really have that intimacy and that really seeing and feeling and knowing that coming really close and intimate with it that is that is actually going to make the difference it's going to actually enable the uh the shift the the release the uh yeah the wisdom to to happen does that make sense so i i feel this has been so so somehow you know the lists are really helpful so there's one level of you learn the lit i mean i love lists i know not everybody does but you know you learn them and then you use them ah oh, okay aversion and desire and sleepiness restlessness and doubt the five great hindrances and to to get but to get to know really the experience in our in our immediate experience um so I, i'll just go through some i kind of grouped the different qualities and maybe you recognize some more than others or maybe again in different situations or with different hindrances actually you get these different effects so they tend to obviously called hindrances have that sense of obstructing blocking you know that that feeling of being stuck with something yeah so so to me these are signs are kind of like hints nudge nudge feeling obstructed or stuck hmm might be a hindrance kind of happening and then it's like an invitation or a sign to investigate to calm closer yeah so so part of the training is that the sign of disturbance rather than letting it be a sign that something is wrong with me um something's wrong with you <laughs> Or, oh, I must do something. Because isn't that often that when we come into contact with this kind of uncomfortable experience, rather than being a sign, oh, 
let's look, let's see. It's like, oh no, I'm this angry person, you know, I'm, I'm this, you know, perpetually grieving person or, um, you know, that person I, is just bad. I mean, uh, I'm not, yes, I'm angry with them, but actually they are bad. <laughs> you know, that, that. So the ways that we, we, we take the sign of the hindrance to mean something else, it's the meaning we make. I'll say a bit more about that. But so that feeling of obstruction, like a felt sense of, of stuckness. And I don't know, it's maybe different people find it um, different ways helpful with this, but to me it's something about come to the body, come to the body and feeling something in that immediacy of the bodily experience, which is, I don't know, for me it's just really key and and it's often the last thing we want to do, again, because it's uncomfortable, it's unpleasant. Okay, so it also has this obscuring, as, as it said in the quotation, this obscuring or deluding or veiling effect. You know, and you probably, again, I'm not going to give too many examples because I want you to have all your own examples from your practice. and your, had, had, Yeah, maybe did it even happen today? I, I, I definitely, because I've been thinking so much, it's like where you realize you're not really, you're not really seeing clearly you. There's a kind of veil. Like I get quite anxious when I have to prepare a talk. So I was really, I was looking out of the window and realizing I wasn't really seeing what was out the window. I wasn't really seeing the trees. I was kind of, my attention was sort of in this slight fog of, of anxiety. And so it can have this, kind of veiling and again if we know that like I kind of you know again I knew that but when we're not conscious of that kind of veiling or obscuring quality um, you know we can we can think things that aren't true and um, the, in one of the suttas the Buddha said when when we are um, when the hindrance is, is uh, arisen and, and we're not mindful of it, um, we can't see our own good. We can't see the good of others. We can't see the good of either. So it's that not being able to see the good, the wholesome, the, the skillful, when, when, when we're not mindful of these. So we can see, again, you know, as we all know, the destructive consequences of these in our own lives and in the, in the world around us, you know, when we see so much of these deluding uh, forces at play. Another feeling or felt sense of them, I think, is of constriction or narrowing or imprisoning. There's some of the similes that the Buddha uses, like this feeling of being imprisoned and then the absence of the of the hindrance being the opposite of all of these so again if we're keeping in mind our radiant and pure mind and that that the freedom from the hindrances the their absence is is like being free from prison or being being like the veil is lifted right so so helpful to to uh to acknowledge and recognize the absence of the hindrances. Yeah, 
that's, that's not happening. Um, again, that can really undercut the way we can sort of take them as an identity that sort of we're kind of like that all the time, which is probably not true. So, so um, another quality, another thing to that, that I think is very characteristic in whatever hindrance we're experiencing is that that you get a very strong sense of identity. Right, me feels very, very personal, very you know real on that level. That it's really about me, or you know, it it's it 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 can feel like. Um, yeah, it has that kind of um, sense in it. So, so those are just you know again. If, I don't know if that's helpful, but it, it that they're um, we're looking for that kind of felt sense of it. So, um, how do we how do we work with these? How do we how do we um, enable them to be part of our practice in a in a helpful way? So, um, let's see. So, f- first of all, again, I'm kind of touching on this, being able to name and recognize, being able to acknowledge that something is happening. You know that that that. Um, even if sometimes we can't name it precisely, maybe sometimes we can, we know it very clearly, but sometimes it's just almost the, the skillfulness of pausing, since something is off, something is, you know, something is kind of, something confused or something uncomfortable, and being able to stop and, and be with that, knowing it, knowing it as much as it can be known, and just that pausing and... Acknowledging, and you know, maybe on retreat that's easier than than our life in the world. But in some, sometimes it isn't, as you probably well know. You can get carried away by things here because you have the the way the retreat situation can intensify our process, and we have that uh, phenomenon of yogi mind, which is um, there are many different stories. I was trying to think what to to choose and I was sort of refraining I wanted to refrain from telling stories because I know you probably all have your own we could probably spend the rest of the evening telling telling stories about how we got lost in certain hindrances but um, it happens you know it happens and being able to um, recognize that at any point in the process any point, you know, beginning, middle, it's going is is really the the key, the one of the yeah. Because otherwise, so so that's where this knowledge and and knowing the lists and being able to in a way know kind of what to look for is so important. So we know um, perhaps. Um, some of our own particular patterns and we develop a sort of skillfulness around that that's that um yeah we get to know ourselves and we know we know what help what can help um so 
maybe the the second the second thing the second kind of um, skillful means with this is around acceptance or this this um, I thought different ways of putting it of opening to of being with that energy of of um, caring for it yeah and my sense of this is a it's a crucial shift that is not it's not a technique it's not a technique it's like a heart um shift or it's like dropping into the heart dropping into the heart and feeling that compassion for our predicament and so often when I when I'm working with people and, and I see this in myself as well, that part of the being lost and caught up in the hindrance is the trying to get out of it. It's just struggle, 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 think, 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 try this, try that, and somehow it's all within the realm of the hindrance. And so, well, you probably I know, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And so there's some there's something that's pointed to, and I wanted to share with you a few different teachers pointing to this of a kind of sometimes when I'm working with people, I put my hand here on my heart because I kind of because I see it myself as well. We're all up here, like ah, ah, you know, and the energy and the soul about here and thinking and strategizing and trying. I can't. I just Okay, oh, suffering, right? And the heart, this kind of, I don't know what this is, but I think there's probably some neurological thingy about this, but <laughs> we have some brain in our heart or something like that. It's, anyway, I won't go into that because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> um, but I just know on a very pragmatic level that it can be you know, quite startling how that shifts. Maybe you get a sense of that now. It's like, even as I'm sitting here doing it, I'm like, I feel a bit different in the way I'm talking to you. It's kind of interesting. Like, oh, hmm. This is a um, more wordless, wordless realm. Yeah. It's a chitta, kind of. Maybe it takes us into the, The radiant and pure, <laughs> the knowing, the kindness that's just there. We don't have to do anything, we don't have to figure it out, we don't have to. Huh? So it's a shift sometimes we, we need someone else to help us with, I think. We're very relational, communal beings, and sometimes, yeah, I know I do, I just need, just need that connection and that presence, shared presence and something can look and feel very different, right, quite quickly. And I think like that's very important for us to remember when we're on solitary retreat because sometimes isolation can grow and there's a kind of intensification of the hindrance experience because we've lost that sense of shared and kind of relationality. I think that's very, very important to... um, find ways of, you know, picking up the red phone, if all else. <laughs> no, I really, uh, it's, it's really important to not put a big brick wall between you and the, br- you and the red phone. <laughs> no brick walls, please. 
Because even if you never use it, it's part of that reassurance to the being that, oh, you know, there's someone there. Yeah, you know, and then it's like, oh, okay. And you probably all have ways, you know, of, 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 of finding that connection. And sometimes, yeah, you come to the teacher and then we can do a bit of that together. And, well, you sit, you know, I know when I've been on retreat here, I sit in the dining room and listen to them working in the kitchen. <laughs> Sometimes it just really, you know, really helped. <laughs> so what is that, you know? And in a way, like, okay, so Fred von Allman, Swiss teacher, that all that's really needed is careful, kind presence and mindfulness. End of talk. Well, not quite. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, on the level of faith, that's, isn't that so important to remember because we, we maybe the Western mind particularly, I, d- I don't know, that's the one I'm sort of in some version of mostly, but that we get so clever. It's all so sophisticated and, you know, there's this and that and all our clever psychologies. And he's like, whoa. It gets, it can get so complicated, and sometimes it is very revealing and helpful. But sometimes I think it takes us away from our basic resource, you know, our basic kind heart that's always available, however dim we are, <laughs> however much therapy we've done or not done. <laughs> So Jack Cornfield said the use of antidotes, like antidotes for the hindrances, you know, is like the use of plasters. While awareness with kindness opens the wound and heals it. And um, so from Charles Genoux, another Swiss teacher, maybe he's French. Sorry, Charles, I can't remember if he's French or Swiss. Anyway. It's just our mind performing, taking on certain shapes temporarily. Be aware of the tendency to do something which brings confusion. If one does nothing, one discovers fulfillment. If one does nothing, one discovers fulfillment. As end of talk. No, not again. Another false summit. <laughs> oh, and there's more. <laughs> I, you know, and, and I think that, that that's the kind of doing nothing, which is actually a very full, like um, Ajahn, Ajahn Suchita talks about, um, that we need like a holding field of wholesome factors. So actually the doing nothing that is so transformative is actually dependent on the presence of a lot of wholesome factors, right? So it's really not nothing. <laughs> well, there may be doing nothing, but it's not that there's nothing there. There are conditions, aren't there? And, and you know, you know, when mindfulness is strong, samadhi is strong, there's so much a sense of the mind being protected and secluded from the hindrances. They just can't get going. 
and and when those factors are weak, we're very vulnerable, right? So it's like, yeah, it, it's the doing nothing, and it's all these factors that need to be there to support the awareness to do nothing. <laughs> they can't do nothing if it's not if it hasn't got all its supporters. I don't know if that metaphor quite works, but anyway, you know. And so all of our work, all of our gradual cultivation of patience and persistence and kindness it's like it's all it's like what helps awareness what helps awareness to 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 hold and and the fact is of course we can't always hold the things the the holding field is not quite strong enough and so we need other resources and strategies and skillful means and plasters you know, and they're not wrong or bad, and it's it's important so that we we have things we can do. You know, I I was thinking of internal things like refuge. You know, going for refuge, remembering our faith in the practice in the Buddha. Um, you know, contacting our courage, um, remembering that we've been through this before. We're going to survive. You know, it'll pass. This kind of thing. You know, these kind of, or I was talking to someone here, you know, self-talk like that, that, come on, it's okay, you, you know, we'll get through this, let's go for a walk, you know, you're all right. That that kind of, do you do that? I, d- I have to confess I do do that. It's like, okay, come on, let's, uh, <laughs> it's like um, that part of you which is not completely in the hindrance has a little voice, it was, you know, it might be quite, kind of a small voice at times like drowned out a bit by the the bellowing hindrance it's going excuse me um excuse me uh hello hello it might be good to go for a walk now (laughs) what (laughs) shut up (laughs) the small the small still voice of wisdom you know, and then sometimes, yeah, I think the what I was thinking of the external or the behavioral things where, you know, it isn't, we can't quite manage it with our attention or just, you know, well, I put exercise, walk, be in nature, rest, you know, climb under the duvet, you know, it's like switch off the computer, come back in 20 minutes. I find that sometimes that's, you get that, it's like turning off the computer and then somehow you come back and, oh, okay. Um, listen to a talk, read a book. And like, like I was saying earlier, yeah, talk to someone. That's, um, that, that, and my sense of these is, and I'm sure you, you know, I don't know if, if this makes sense to you, that, that it's really helpful to remember that every moment that we are um, just working with this, even if it's wreaking havoc, you know, we're there and we're, we haven't, it's like, that is going to help us so much in the world, it's going to help us so much in our life, and it's also that somehow that willingness to bear the discomfort of it, the mess of it, the chaos of it, the embarrassment, the embarrass, how embarrassing, you know, it's like, oh my god, that that actually is really an important gift and offering in the world. 
that that then people we meet who are, you know, lost in aversion or situations we walk into that are so full of conflict or, you know, that, that actually that it's the same energy. And the more we know, the more we strengthen our capacity to work with our our hindrance energy on retreat. It's like we really we're really empowering ourselves to be able to 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 meet that in others in situations and in the world so i find find that quite a it's like an added encouragement or inspiration to to practice because it's it can make a difference you know it's i'm just reminded of that just this awful story of the people um trying to leave from Vietnam in little boats and if there was one calm person in the boat then then the people would more likely survive if one person could just be kind of somewhat calm and grounded and I think that somehow I sense that in the world and all the, you know, difficulty and terrible things that are happening that somehow for us to be to be able to walk into the world meet the world and meet people with this kind of commitment with this kind of practice with this kind of training you know is is a huge contribution like wherever we are and that it's it's a really key part of it is the willingness to be uncomfortable I, I think that's, you know, given our tendency to seek comfort and avoid discomfort, I think there's something about, in in the appropriate way for us in our life, being able to bear, bear, bear difficulty and discomfort in the service of, in the service of of wisdom and compassion. Um, let's see. Hmm. I had for some other things I wanted to say. Um, I mean, I think maybe I'll I'll just. Hmm, I don't know actually. I don't know. Um, I wonder if any. I wonder if I dare open it up a little bit and see if anybody has any comments or questions. Don't worry if you haven't. But yeah. putting your hand here and talking about dropping into the heart space and offering yourself some compassion. Sometimes the hindrance itself is so strong and like you said, like the identification is so strong, it's like it won't allow me to offer compassion because it blame it receives compassion as pity. Mm-hmm. You see, and it's like and it and it returns it with like it sometimes feels like it's fueling the defilement, particularly like aversion and doubt. Yeah. When they come together, try to offer compassion, it comes, it's like the aversion comes back at the compassion, blaming it as pity. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like I just threw gasoline on it. Right. And then I cower back and it closes the heart more. So what to do in that situation? Yeah. Yeah, so don't do that. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the interesting thing about this. It's like, you know, you think, well, well, of course I ought to give compassion. That's, you know, that's obviously. But then you see, you look at the result, you look at the effect, you say, oh. So then it's almost like you have to go 
say with the question, what does this need? And then wait. Because, because it's probably something you don't even, in a way, know about. It's not the forefront of your mind. It's not like, it's more like, wait, stop, nothing. pause, nothing, leave space. Because, so, so yeah, so, yeah. That, okay, thank you, Duke. Any anybody else? Any any thoughts or stories? No. <laughs> no. It's yeah. Yeah. So yeah this 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 quality of investigation of of being able to isn't it something approaching our experience as if like we don't know because isn't that you know sometimes we think we know and we go in with our concepts and our strategies and somehow i don't know if this is makes sense to you that to go and to be very very I don't know, you know. Like I was, an- another thing I was reflecting on yesterday was, uh, particularly somehow in relation to these hindrances and these, especially these very familiar, repetitive, personal, sort of tight, kind of sort of like, oh no, not that again, kind of things. That f- that I've found that there's a what I call a boundary of a boundary of grief. It's often grief for me. Sometimes maybe it's fear or frustration and it's like a boundary of, yeah, but I, I, I just, oh, oh, you know. Uh, that I'm just, because I, I just, I'm so kinesthetic in that way, but it, to me it feels like, okay, yeah, but I just can't and I want, to, you know, why doesn't it? And then, ah, oh, what is that? It's like a breathing out, a surrender, a kind of, to me, there's often a boundary of grief and there's tears and there's kind of a sense of softening and like um, an acknowledging of I am not in control. And, uh, I don't really know what to do. Imperfect. I mean, these are words. It's more like a felt sense. You, you know, almost. And so I think that that, that boundary... Of, of grief or fear or have you experienced it is again it's one of the opportunities that opens up when we can you know be that simple you know that just don't do anything and that that can take you to your to your boundary your boundary of where you know and kind of try 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 and oh. But something, something else can happen. Anyway, I hope that maybe makes some sense to some people. And maybe lastly, just touching on the um, wise view, the the possibility of 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 practicing seeing, seeing our most personal yucky bits and patterns and 
as just energy, just, you know, insubstantial, empty, ownerless, human energy going a bit pear-shaped or kind of, you know, just going, you know, so what's that? Is that me or mine? Is that you? Is that, is that, you know, is that a person? Sometimes, again, not, not, not as the only element, but maybe another element, another kind of part of the treatment, you know, the Eightfold Path. Of, but that, that being able to, even for a moment, see, oh, this is just energy. It's, it, there's no real substance. There's no real, real, it's not really real. You know, that wonderful, it's like it's real, but it's not really real. <laughs> And that, and that perspective, being able to kind of, maybe that strange dance of the respecting and honoring the, the, yeah, you know, me and my stuff. And, and, and somehow, if we also know that it's not really real, you know, we can, maybe that, helps us then to respond wisely because we're not so believing in it as being so real and solid and and me but we're also not using that as an ideology to dismiss right and belittle and oh well never mind it's just empty i won't be bothered with that stuff (laughs) i'm above all that (laughs) i don't think that works yeah so we can develop our own skillful means, we can take courage, we can remember that we are, you know, just part of the human uh, predicament. And also that by practicing bringing mindfulness and kindness to these experiences, we are transforming our hearts and minds and strengthening our capacity to be of use in this world. So I'd like to close with um, a uh, a passage from the first Sokni Rinpoche. That's the only reference I have, I'm afraid. But and I I leave it. I give it. I offer it as a um, an encouragement as an inspiration, hopefully, and uh, in deep gratitude to each of you for your presence here and your practice. Don't wander, don't wander. Place mindfulness on guard. Along the road of distraction, Mara lies in ambush. Mara is the mind clinging to like and dislike. So look into the essence of this magic, free from dualistic fixation. Realize that your mind is unfabricated, primordial purity. There is no Buddha elsewhere. Look at your own face. 
There is nothing else to search for. Rest in your own place. Non-meditation is spontaneous perfection. So capture the royal seat. So thank you for your attention. May we all capture the royal seat. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.